Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Love Talk Radio. Hello, this is Donna Freeman of yogainmyschool.com, and I'm here today with Shauna Meyerson, the founder of Mini Yogis, and we're just thrilled to have you as our guest, Shauna. Welcome. Thank you, Donna. Happy to be here. Marvelous. So, you were teaching children yoga long before it became fashionable. <laughs> Yeah, it, when I first discovered yoga, it really just struck such a chord that it was just keeping me up at night. Like, why isn't anyone teaching yoga to kids? And I have to be honest, there were a few people teaching yoga to kids. I just wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I definitely saw a void and a need and something that had to be filled and taken care of. Fantastic. Well, let's backtrack a little bit and tell us a little bit about yourself, about how you came to yoga, because it was kind of a circular <laughs> type path to get to yeah. where you are today. So um, explain a little bit about that. Okay. Um, the thing about my story, I sort of liken it to, if you've read The Way of the Peace of Warrior, there's a little anecdote in there about good news and bad news. And the things that sometimes we take as bad news are really opening up new doors for us. Um At the time that I discovered yoga, around the turn of the century, um, I was a really diehard athlete. I mean, like riding my bike 100 miles a day, working out four or five hours, like just intense, intense stuff. And um, there was a guy at my gym who'd been for years had been telling me, you got to try this yoga class, you got to try this yoga class. And I just thought, yeah, right, me? Like I'm going to sit in a yoga class and just like sit around and hum? That sounds like the lamest thing I could possibly do. And then one day I was just, yeah, I sort of had weird ideas about yoga. I think a lot of people who are uninformed do. And uh, one time I was just walking around my apartment, and you know that if you're an athlete and you break a toe, it's got to be doing something like walking around your apartment, not like jumping off a bridge or doing something really death-defying. And I broke my toe. I couldn't put it in a shoe. I couldn't really do much of anything. And as it was getting better, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try that yoga thing. And so I dragged my sister and a friend to Brian Kest's Sunday morning class. And I'm telling you, like, the second I walked into that class and the second I started, I I just knew instantly that this was everything I ever needed. Like, it, it was like the heavens opened up. And it's very interesting because um, I think that yoga is one of those things that when you allow it into your life, it also allows you to sort of start hearing 
the messages of the universe, and I don't even say this in a weird New Age way, but it, it teaches you to trust your intuition and your instinct. And as I was mentioning before, like I started just staying up at night going, somebody needs to teach this to kids, somebody needs to teach this to kids. And at the time I had a really great job, and um, I was getting my MBA at UCLA, and I was actually ditching school and ditching work to get to yoga classes. And I told Brian one day, I'm like, I don't know what to do. All I want to do is yoga all day. And he's like, well, why aren't you? Hmm. And I had all these excuses while well, I'm getting my MBA. You know, I'm a I'm a corporate, you know, so-and-so. I'm heading in a different path. And he's like, okay, well, you know, those are the decisions that we make. And I went home that night, and it's like, wow, you know, this is my decision. This is my power. And if you wish something, you have a choice. You could either act on it or you could just sit there and and worry about it for the rest of your life. And in a weird series of events, um, this is going through my mind. I I actually did start Mini Yogis um, very shortly after that conversation with Brian. And um, I was at UCLA one day, and I was in this entrepreneurship class. And at this point, I I started Mini Yogis, and it was up and running. And... One of my professors says to the class, out of nowhere, Ms. Meyerson is not an entrepreneur. He says simply teaching yoga to children does not make one an entrepreneur. And I you know, I stood up, because I'm not one of those people that just sits down, and I'm like, you know what? I went out, I created a market, I created a product, and, and I'm making a living at it. I'm like, I don't see how I'm not an entrepreneur. And I left UCLA that day. I, I never went back, and um, I actually didn't even finish my MBA. I just realized that I was there more to gratify my ego than actually to do something that was leading me where I needed to go. And um, my company that I was working at was not doing so well, so um, I quit my job as well. And um, it's interesting because when I was getting out of college and for those first 10 years of my career post-college, I thought I wanted to be a writer, a screenwriter. I did script development for a long time, which is essentially writing other people's screenplays, but I never was willing to quit a job for writing. And for yoga, it was something that I just knew. If I never got another job again, if I never earned another penny, that I would have fulfillment. And I knew that it was what I needed to do. And I quit everything that I knew and was comfortable for me, and I just started out. And the amazing thing was, as far as, like, sort of the universe leading you where you need to go, um, I used to be a writer, as I told you, and when I quit my job, somebody called me the next week and asked if I could do a freelance writing job for them. They had no idea I'd quit my job. And that very job carried me financially while I was building mini yogis until I was earning enough at mini yogis to compensate for the work that I had given up. And it carried me through, like, if if God were to pick you up on his wing and place you over to, you know, a mountain on the other side of a big ravine. I mean, it was just amazing. And and then, you know, I don't, the rest of the story sort of tells itself, mini yogis, became a lot bigger than I ever imagined it would be. My first thought was just going to be me teaching yoga to kids, and, you know, now we're all over the world. So. Yeah, it's it's a huge um, support <laughs> to so many people, and you've had an, an impact on the entire development of teaching yoga to children. <laughs> I know. Well, um, I appreciate that. <laughs> 
No, it's 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 really incredible to to see. You know, you're kind of one of the founder the founders of this, <laughs> and and uh, the rest of us really have built upon your successes. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Away. <laughs> Um, so you do mini yogis, but you also, you know, you kind of balance this. The flip side of your coin is this power yoga <laughs> that you do. I like see pictures of you, and I'm going, how does she do that? <laughs> yeah. So explain. It's kind of like the two sides of your personality, <laughs> right? And and it's funny because if you come to one of my adult classes, you'll find the exact opposite of what you'll find in one of my kids' classes. You know, really, really, really super intense, lots of arm balances, inversions, alignment in my adult classes. You come to kids, and it's all fun and games and broad strokes and just enjoying the practice. Although, let me just say, it doesn't mean my adults aren't enjoying the practice. I like to joke around a lot and have a good time with it. Um, But I take my practice very seriously, And um, I'm a big believer in, you know, walking the walk and not just talking the talk. And so, you know, in order to be a teacher, you have to be a consummate learner. And so I really have have taken my physical practice um, to an advanced level. And um, but that doesn't mean that I'm all about asana. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. very, very big on living a life of high morality and following the yama and niyama and really trying to, you know, live my life according to the yogic precepts and truly being a yogi not just in body but but in heart and in mind and in spirit. And um, it's, though my adult practice is, is so different from my kids' practice, there there's actually an interesting carryover and that's the fact that I I'm a very driven person. Okay, there's there's no getting around that. And um I'd like to think that yoga's mellowed me out somewhat, but <clears throat> I'm sort of on that that path where I really demand a lot of myself. And um when I first came to Brian's class in fact that day about 10 years ago, um I was such a perfectionist and um that class was the first time in my entire life that somebody told me it was okay to fall. Mm-hmm. I had gone through 30 years <laughs> thinking if I wasn't perfect, I was worth nothing. And again, that's sort of what, what carried me over to, I wish that someone had told me that it was okay to fall when I was five. And nobody did. And so I went through, you know, beating myself up all those years, being so judgmental and so in my power yoga practice, though, again, I'm doing some very, very technical things, my big thing is do not let this physical stuff get in the way of the mental practice. This isn't about the physical stuff, and I want my adults, just as my kids, to have that same non-attachment to results. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, not the results. It's the process of getting there. Exactly. And so with kids, though, it's very, very playful. And with my adults and myself, though, it's very, very hardcore. The intention is the same, is that the integrity is just in the effort and just doing the best you can. All right. Well, you've talked about how you you, you just had this complete desire to bring this to kids. Mm-hmm. What did you see as how would it benefit children? You know, you know how it's kind of benefited you. <laughs> right. But you know, you were just, it's got to get to the kids. Why yeah. does it have to get to the kids? Why do kids need yoga in their life? Right. So, I mean, 
So the easy answer, the low-hanging fruit, is it adds flexibility, strength, balance. Everybody knows that stuff. The physical benefits are huge. It helps all of the, you know, systems of the body, the lymphatic, digestive, nervous, endocrine, respiratory, like all the systems. But I don't really think that's the most important part. You could get that from ballet. You could get that from gymnastics or karate. Um, The major, major benefits that I think are life-changing for children, first of all, is um, the single-minded focus that it offers kids and the ability to calm yourself down. So my biggest um, sort of growing demographic is the ADD, ADHD Mm -hmm. labeled children. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't fully believe in these labels, but and in autistic children. And both of these um, sets of children really, really benefit by learning how to slow down, how to calm themselves down, how to focus, and how to stay centered. And mostly we do this through breathing, through learning not only how to breathe in yoga as just a pranayama exercise, but how to carry that breath over into real life and in its practical applications. So I think that is a huge benefit. The second benefit that, and I'll sort of tie this back to what I said before, is um, the self-confidence that comes with the practice. Because you're in a non-competitive and safe environment, because it's okay to fall, because it's okay to try new stuff without repercussion of failure, you know, kids really start accomplishing things that perhaps they didn't think they could do before. And it gives them confidence and it gives them acceptance, right? If I know that no matter what I do, I'm okay, man, is that empowering. Like yoga is empowering. You go to – I remember when I was in karate, and if I did one step wrong, it's like, oh, Shauna did the wrong step. Everyone needs to redo the kata, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was the same with gymnastics. It's like get the. And by the way, I only did these when I was very young. I, I I didn't grow up with these with these things. I was actually a tennis player. But even okay, so let's go to tennis. Like how many backhands did I have to hit in a row before my coach said, okay, that's okay? You know, I was like, no, it always has to be more of this, more of that. And it's so nice for kids to have a space where no matter what they do, they're okay. And also, you know, the yogic precepts, and and we don't gloss over these, are learning to be nice and good people and take care of other people and, you know, be good citizens. And I think that what yoga offers that a lot of the other more competitive or more, I don't want to say serious, but um, stringent practices um, perhaps don't give so much is that level of confidence and acceptance. Sure, if you're the best kid in ballet, of course you're gonna you're gonna feel so great about yourself. You're gonna feel superior to everyone. Everything's gonna be great, right? But we're not looking for superiority either. And what happens to those other you know ten kids in the class who can't get you know the plie just right, or can't get the kick just right, or can't get you know the stroke just right, depending on what they're doing? It's like in yoga, you don't have to worry about what belt color your belt is or whether you got chosen for, you know, the competitive team or whether you're going to get off the bench. In yoga, Mm -hmm. everyone plays and everyone is praised and everyone does a good job and everyone surprises himself or herself. 
And it really is such an amazing thing to see a kid who just believes he or she can't do anything and just nail a pose. And it doesn't matter if it's an easy pose or a hard pose, but how good it makes them feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about teaching kids yoga. Yeah. Anybody can do this. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, anybody totally. can do this. Exactly. And it's to not the best of their athlete. ability. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So it has these wonderful benefits for kids, but how can you, you know, it? how can you apply yoga to a 5-year-old and a 15-year-old? Right. You know, it's, it's, it's There's such variation in ability, in mental competency, yeah. in in everything for yeah. these age groups. Um, can you give us some examples of how it can come, kind of cross those barriers? Sure. Sure. Um, traditionally speaking, I like to um, actually teach classes in, in groups of like two or three year spans, though sometimes I will do like a full group of, you know, all kids of all ages. But yeah, I'll explain a little bit about like how a practice differs from five years and, and moving up into older children. Um so when you're working with little kids, so five years, if you could start at three, four, five, I think that's the best time because there's no habits really to be broken at that point, meaning mental habits or mental patterns that are negative. Um, but a five-year-old, what we're really trying to do is just sort of establish a foundation for the practice, right? We're working in broad strokes. It doesn't matter if your knee is bent 90 degrees. It doesn't matter if your arms are completely straight or your toes are pointed. It's just like this is generally how something looks and how it moves. So that, you know, if they later on see somebody say warrior number one, they know what they're talking about. They have context. But it's very, 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 very playful at this age. I do have some five-year-olds who are doing more complicated poses, but for the most part, it's a lot of toys and books and games and playing around because what we're trying to do is um, create a positive association with the practice. You know, if the kids are having fun, if they want to come back, either hopefully they'll follow it for their whole lives or maybe, you know, when they get to college and they have to choose a PE class, they remember, oh, remember when I was five? I loved yoga. You know, let's give it another shot. So positive association and um, coming back to what I was saying about the breath, because, again, I think this is a most important tool, teaching them how to breathe deeply. I mostly focus on ujjayi anytime bad feelings arise in any mm-hmm. situation. As you get older, eight, nine years old, now these kids already know how to use their breath. They're using it, you know, in a regular um, context. The poses start getting more challenging and the alignment more specific. It's still not like an adult practice, but, you know, it's starting to get a little bit more intense. Um, We start testing more their patience and equanimity. We want them to – it's okay to struggle with poses. I want to teach them perseverance. I want to teach them don't give up just because it doesn't work the first time. I wasn't, you know, born in a handstand. It took me – a lot of times of falling before I could stand on my hands. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to teach them how to learn um, to stay calm in, in challenging situations. When they get to their preteen years, you know, 11, 12, 13, obviously there's a lot going on with them on both physical and emotional, you know, mm-hmm. planes. So 
at that point, you know, we start dealing more with learning to grow up, learning coping and stress reduction skills and problem solving. We'll talk about issues that they're facing at school. You know, junior high school, I remember junior high school. It's a hard time. You're sort of in between being a kid and being an adult. And yoga has a lot of solutions to these problems, teaching them how to deal with these mixed feelings and, and you know, emotions inside of them. Um, but we're still always having fun with the practice. And as they get into their later teen years, 15, 16, 17, you know, we start moving closer and closer to an adult practice. But, again, and this is my main prerogative with mini yogis and, quite frankly, with my adult classes, too. I try to always keep it fun. I want them to keep coming back because I mm-hmm. think the benefits are so great. But if I make it just boring, they're not coming back. I want them to be able to deal with their social and academic challenges and their inner conflicts more efficiently. And, again, the breath becomes so important for test-taking, for playing sports, for being in plays, for just, you know, when I'm mad at my boyfriend. So I want them to learn yoga not only as a physical practice but as a tool for living. Fantastic. That's a wonderful overview of kind of how it it advances with them as they mature physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah. So you do some interesting work with a sports academy. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I work with Carpe Diem Sports, which is a college prep football camp here in Los Angeles. And um, we call it CPD for short. Um, I work with their baller training camp. And the thing that's so unique about this camp that I love is it's a very, very holistic approach. Um, They want to build not just football players, but, again, good citizens. The kids that are in this school, I mean, in this camp, have to keep their grades up to a minimum level of, I believe, a C. They have to have good social interactions with their family. They have to um, obviously excel in their sports as well. But just being a good football player is not enough. They want well-rounded individuals with goals and places to go and plan B. And so I guess the yoga is sort of the new ballet. Remember back in the 80s, Mm -hmm. all the football players were doing ballet. And that thought of, like, you know, Mean Joe Green and a tutu was just so amusing. But Yoga is um, for these athletes, and these are intense athletes. Even though it's all ages, these are boys on the path. You know, these are these kids are going to be college football players. This is who's going to this camp, and they are worked hard. The yoga obviously builds agility, coordination, balance, strength. You know, again, all that same old stuff, and it works the muscles in different ways. It's amazing how these boys or or some of them, you know, young men who can, you know, push off 50 push-ups in, you know, a minute can barely do a chaturanga sometimes because, you know, the yoga challenges them. And that's what I love about yoga. It's like if you're not an athlete, you can do yoga. You'll get exactly what you need out of it. You'll learn. You'll get strong. But if you are an athlete, it's going to challenge you on a whole new plane, which is, again, why I left everything I knew to do yoga because it just was such a new and different kind of a workout. Um, And the flexibility prevents injuries. You know, football players Mm -hmm. obviously extraordinarily prone to injury. But more importantly, what I think the yoga adds, because physical training is physical training, is first of all it gives them a counterbalance to the aggression of the game. 
Mm-hmm. You know, coaches can be very, very hard on football players. They're they're the opposite of how I am, right? You know, everything has to be just so. Everything is drill, 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 drill. And so in the yoga, again, giving that them that space where you don't have to be perfect, but you do have to work hard. I always emphasize with these boys, they have to do their best at everything that they do and that's sort of a theme at the camp anyway if you're going to put your name quote unquote on something whether it's a relationship whether it's a football play whether it's a test where you're literally writing your name on it you better make sure that if it comes back to you you're proud that your name is on that Mm -hmm. and that's what we're teaching these football players on top of that we do a lot of meditation and visualization Um, and the boys who actually do it who will come to me the next week and tell me, you know, I was on the bus to the football game and I started meditating and visualizing the plays and we talk about visualizing the plays just being executed perfectly. These Mm -hmm. boys who are meditating and visualizing, and sometimes, like, inside I have to say, I'm skeptical. I don't know if it's going to work for these kids, but I'm throwing it out there because I know it's worked for some. But these boys are telling me their performance is, is improving just with the meditation visualization, which is so awesome. But I love giving them just sort of that peaceful side to a very, very sort of aggressive world that they're living in. Wonderful. I find that it's really, really useful for athletes, and I I hope more coaches use yoga with their young athletes. Absolutely. I I always start the camp. It's sort of funny. On the first day of camp, I always ask them, so who here thinks yoga's for girls? The first day I went there, everybody raised their hand. I'm like, okay, come on, let's go. Of course, with them, I'm doing pretty hardcore yoga. So then every year when I come back, I say the same thing, and the boys who are returned students are like, put your hand out, put your hand out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I also tell them, you know, there's not a, a team in Los Angeles, a professional team that is not doing yoga right now. Yep. That includes the Kings, the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Angels, everybody. It's definitely not for, you know, not for just girls, you know. Exactly. Men are doing it and athletes are doing it, and it's got huge benefits. Huge benefits. Well, we are quickly running out of time. We've got a couple more questions to go Sorry. through real quick. So um, you have a card game, a yoga card mm-hmm. game called Peace, and it's available at yogavibes.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of explain briefly how this game works. Okay. Basically, it's just called Peace. It's the opposite of war. All games in yoga are non-competitive. It's just a um, turn-taking game where we're using a normal deck of cards, so nobody has to go out and buy a deck of yoga cards. And basically, each card has a pose associated with it. So, for example, um, a number three would be a chair pose um, because it sort of looks like a number three. And as the kids play the cards, we all do the poses. And um, I have ways in, in my own classes in the video of making it more simple or more challenging. So mm-hmm. no matter the level of the kids, we have kids ages 4 through 14 in that video. So that's a very broad range of children um, that everybody gets something that works for them. Yes. And it's, it's lots of fun, so I, I definitely recommend going to yogavibes.com and uh, searching kids yoga and downloading that. It costs ten dollars, like yeah, <laughs> hardly anything. Yeah. And the other thing things. that you offer is a fantastic service. Once a week, you offer a mini yogi's minute tip of the week. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, every Sunday I post a new tip. Um, it's just like a one-page tip, and it's usually just based on something, honestly, that comes up in teacher training that weekend. I teach um, people how to teach yoga to kids all over the world, and um, there's always interesting questions that come up. So usually it's just something within the training that sparks a thought in my mind or maybe something that came up in my class that week. Or if, you know, nothing came up in class or in training, I just make something up. Those are the hard ones to write. But I cover all aspects of teaching and running your yoga business, so everything from getting insurance to learning how to discipline children. I just try to make it so that if people really want to learn um, they could always get just these little sound bites each week. It's about a page long um, to give them something to think about and work on. Fantastic! I know I love them. I, I read them every every week and yeah. and absolutely love them and uh, incorporated many of them into my life. So thank you. Oh, <laughs> so I can now do ch- crow pose much better thanks to your little video. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much, Don. I really appreciate it. And um, do you want me to give you the links to my website? Or Yeah, sure. Can you provide them? Okay. Um, you could find Mini Yogis at miniyogis.com. It's spelled M-I-N-I-Y-O-G-I-S.com. And on there, you'll find my tip of the week that you could sign up for. They're completely free. So you just click on tip of the week and sign up for the tip, and I send you a weekly reminder. Um, you could also see all the teacher trainings I do all around the world. So lots of resources there. Fantastic. Yes, it's a great website, and you are a, a wealth of information for <laughs> for all of us who are teaching uh, uh, yoga to children. Thank you so much. And if anyone ever has questions, um, if you email me, I always, always, always get back to you with a comprehensive response within 24 hours. That's another prerogative in my life. I sometimes wind up in junk mail, so if you don't hear from me, look in your junk mail, but I promise you'll hear back. Fantastic. Welcome. Thank you. You know, Thank you so much for for sharing with us, for spending a half hour of your busy day and inspiring us to bring yoga to children and for empowering children with the, with everything that yoga can do for them. Oh, thank you, Donna. And thank you for your blog as well. I mean, you really, really do a lot to spread the word as much as anybody out there. So we appreciate. I appreciate that, and I think everybody else appreciates that as well. Well, thank you kindly. Okay. If you're looking for more information for yoga for kids and teens, please visit yogainmyschool.com. You can find us on Facebook. We are also on YouTube. There's a Yoga In My School TV channel on YouTube. And we're more than happy to give you information and tips and techniques on teaching yoga to children and teens. Hope you have a wonderful day. Namaste.